0: Is avenue is
1: in the car, and we have to come out of the house. The roof is all in out of gas leak. we don't smelling gas. Please, man, we need something. Somebody please please. Siri, I'm not sure anybody would be available to respond
0: to me. Welcome to Storm Stories, a collection of stories from Hurricane Florence. This podcast series explores resilience and recovery in the coastal region through local stories. I'm your host Laura Bratton, broadcasting from the Working Narrative Studio. Today on Storm Stories.
1: I would call it a calling. You know, I it, did it, it, it all start and go back, even when I was in the Boy Scouts and first aid, you know, I did Boy Scouts, it just came natural to me. Um, you know, the blood and, and cuts and wounds just didn't really bother me. Next thing I know, I'm going to school to be a paramedic. 25 years later, I'm here.
0: This is Aaron Kosoulis, a chief battalion at New Hanover Regional Medical Center, who runs daytime EMS crews. He's worked in New Hanover County for over two decades. For Aaron, hurricanes are just another part of the fall routine. Today, he tells me what first responders did to prepare for Florence, and the work they did during the storm.
1: Been through numerous of hurricanes, and uh, and with the position I'm in and the work I do, um, you know, you got to prepare your family first. We knew it was going to be a, a high category three, maybe a low category four uh, during our preparation. Thing about hurricanes versus a tornado or a thunderstorm that comes up on you real quick—you have time to prepare. Here at work, weeks, uh, even maybe even two weeks out, we started prepping, uh, make sure that the staff, the crew understand they may have to stay for three to seven days at work.
0: And what was your job? as a chief battalion during the storm.
1: Sure, so I was in the multi-agency command post uh, during the whole time. Just like my staff, I worked 12-hour rotation. So I worked uh, for seven days, 12-hour days, and then I slept for 12 hours.
0: When disasters like Florence hit, New Hanover County Emergency Management, which works with state and federal governments, sets up emergency operations centers staffed by military personnel and local agencies like a fire department and emergency relief to respond.
1: The, during the storm itself, uh, that 24-hour period, there wasn't really that many EMS calls. It was after the storm is when all the EMS calls came out. You know, it's high stress for our first responders. The 911 calls are coming in. They're coming in, you know, in the mounds full, one top right on the other. And a lot of them are, hey, I'm stuck. I can't get out of my house. It's flooded. That was most of it. And a lot of them are uh, power outage. A lot of them are uh, dependent on home oxygen. Before, during, and even after a hurricane, there's calls that we might not typically get every day. You know, people venture out just like I would. You know, you're ready to get outside and see the da- assess your damage or your home, your neighborhood. Make sure your neighbor is okay. But we have a lot of uh, trip and falls. We have a lot of uh, wildlife. We have a lot of bee stings. Maybe snake bites. Um, people get on top of the roofs, and you know, and a chainsaw accident. Maybe fall from the roof. You know, that, that was my job in the command post, to make sure that we're going to the high-priority calls. Because, you know, there's, there's a crew out there, they're by themselves. They have to rely on us, the command staff, to make sure we're making the right decision. They have to trust us. In
0: 2018 alone, New Hanover County spent $5.9 million on 911 calls like these, and other emergency management. The county's 15 ambulances and three quick-response vehicles rushed to answer calls in Wilmington, Carolina Beach, Wrightsville Beach, and Curie Beach in the hours after Florence. I asked Aaron how, amidst the chaos, he spent his off time when he wasn't managing
1: 911 calls. I went into a, a room. I called my family, made myself a sandwich. And I watched Walking Dead, and then I just fell asleep and did it all over again for seven days. That was my routine.
0: Aaron and other first responders spent a week this way, working, sleeping for a few hours, working again. During this time, Wilmington was pretty much cut off from the rest of the world.
1: others have cut off the coastal city of Wilmington from the rest of North Carolina. David Begnaud is just outside of Wilmington because he can't get in. David, good morning. Hey, John, good morning. We are standing on Interstate 40. Wilmington is in front of me, and behind me is the rest of the world. As everybody knows, Florence kind of stuck around a little longer than we anticipated, and we were basically an island for a few days, and it was hard to get traffic in and out.
0: How did you manage, like, personal stress and work-related stress during the storm?
1: You know, I've been through a lot of hurricanes, and, and technology has come a long way, so communicating with my my family who's down in South Carolina, we leave a lot. That was my biggest stress, my house and my family. Well, not in that order. <laughs> it's, it's it's definitely a high-stress time. Uh, for me, you know, you take it like another hurricane. Um, and you, you you kind of roll with the punches, kind of deal with that. And, you know, in retrospect, we do it every day.
0: And tell me about any relationships you might have formed with people or, like, people in the command center.
1: During during the storm, you, you might be working with a partner that you never work with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, there was a couple of guys in the command post that uh, I maybe seen them out on the streets day-to-day. But uh, yeah, you definitely form a bond, you know, being with them for seven days uh, in the same room.
0: I asked Aaron if he had any takeaways from this storm in particular, and he said this.
1: You recognize areas of improvement uh, in post-storm. Because of this community, and because of all the first responders, the firemen and the EMS and law enforcement, you know, we lean on each other for support. We've worked so closely together. I think this time we worked even closer together uh, as far as communicating beforehand, during, and even after the hurricane. I think the, the camaraderie, the communications, the teamwork during the storm was profoundly Better than the other hurricanes. Seeing that close knit uh, camaraderie, that family that we had during that seven day period, I think that's uh, a great takeaway.
0: You've been listening to Storm Stories. Storm Stories is a project of the nonprofit arts and media organization Working Narratives, which is based in Wilmington, North Carolina. To learn more about Storm Stories, visit www.workingnarratives.org. Funding for Storm Stories was provided in part by the Media Democracy Fund's NC Local News Lab Fund, Unitarian Universalist Beach at Shelter Rock Foundation, and generous individuals like you. I'm your host and producer, Laura Bratton. Editing for this podcast was done by Erica O'Brien, and music was provided by Cambo Music. Special thanks to Ren Smith and Nick Saburla and everyone who made this podcast possible. Thank you for listening.